What is that ringing? Do I have a tumor? Oh. Hello? Is your name Dante? Hold on. The phone's for you. I think it's the devil. I haven't even picked a name for this joint, and I'm already getting calls. How big to you right now? Where did you hear that? Let's start the party! God, you're torched. Um, okay, look, there's an emergency. Your brother, he sent this invitation for you. Please, accept it. You gotta give me a ride. I'm way too big to drive to the devil's house. You're listening to Good Game Well Pod. This is the first take of the episode, for sure. This week, we're doing a game that is very near and dear to my heart. We are doing Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening. Um, A few weeks back, we were doing Bioshock, and we were talking about kind of the remastered versus remake debate. And this game really, like, struck a chord with me as a game I feel like would fail as a quote-unquote remake, I think action mechanics of this game are so perfect and dialed in that it would completely flop. I do think you could increase the graphical fidelity, which they did with the HD collection, but I really feel like this game in and of itself is, and I am comfortable saying this, the best action game ever made. Bar none, thousand percent. And like I said, I I struggle to think of a way that you could revamp the combat or any of the systems in the game to make them quote unquote better. I do think you could definitely make it look better. I don't know if you can actually make it a funner game to play, but we can get into that as we go on here. So this game, Devil May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening, came out February 17th, 2005. Would you guys like to guess what the number one song at the time was? Let's see. 2005, February 17th. Okay, a couple days after Valentine's Day. It's definitely a power ballad. Definitely. 100%. I think you're. I think you're thinking of number three. Bottom jeans. I think. Um. I think it. It was a re-released, uh, remastered version of "I Would Do Anything," uh, for you by Meatloaf. <laughs> anything for love. Um. Anything for love. Uh, remastered in 2005, February 17th. Guaranteed. You're not correct. <laughs> well. Well, that was my guess. Does anyone else have a guess? Alex, do you have a guess? Yeah, apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Oh, Jesus. You're uh, closer, warmer than Michael was. <laughs> yes. What if I gave you guys a hint? So, Devil May Cry 3 is widely regarded as quote-unquote one of the best video games of all time. By me, at least. Okay. Uh, oh, it's and- um, paper cut. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Thank you. Got it. Uh, no, so if we're thinking of gaming mascots, game, god damn, god smack, damn it, <laughs> video games and greatest of all time. Breaking Benjamin. <laughs> oh. 
All right, best. What about Creed? like no, 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 like best video game mascot of all time? Who's the most memorable video game mascot of all time? In what year? Is it in sad? all time of all time? Is it probably is it sad? Dante? Yeah, Dante uh, and Sonic. Oh, I know. Oh, oh uh, Rob Zombie, Dracula. <laughs> No, no, no. No, no, the most... <laughs> no, Ian has a point right here, because, like, uh, Dante was, like, such a uh, rememberable character. You guys have gotten they... so off the plot. I am saying the most memorable video game mascot of all time is. I, I don't know. Who is it? I mean, is there a video game mascot oh, that could Mario. just say... Thank fuck. Who... What? And if there was a singer that had a... That was named that, and he had the number one song at the time this game came out. What song would it be? Beyonce? Fuck it! A song by Mario! <laughs> God damn it! I'm trying to think of who, who Mario's singer is. I, I got nothing. It's wait, 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 he wait, did wait, Let wait, Me what? Love You. Let Me Love You by Mario is the number one song. Jesus I've, Christ. <laughs> I've never heard of a singer named Mario. Mario. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for playing my game. <laughs> uh, oh, so man. then we also have you guys. I think you guys could guess the number three song. I got nothing. I, I, I so, so is it Lincoln Park? It's a it's it's the most Lincoln Park song by a band that doesn't do Lincoln Park songs. Was this when Transformers came out? Yes. <laughs> God damn it! I don't want to say that song. It's not a Linkin Park song. It's a song that sounds like if a band that shouldn't do Linkin Park music did Linkin Park music. I got nothing. Wait, 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 wait. Some 41? No. But you're getting uh, warmer. God. No! Warmer. It's, uh, it's Green Day. Oh, my God. Oh, Michael no! got the band. Michael got the band. Oh! Michael got the band. Oh, what are Green Day songs? Anyone? My own worst enemy. The most emo Green Day song. The most emo one? Jesus of Suburbia? White sings it in the episode of An Office. I don't know. Is it off 21st Century Breakdown or American Idiot? I think it, I think it was American Idiot, but I'm not actually... I, I have a hard time remembering. Is it Boulevard of Broken Dreams? Yes! I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Okay, that's the <laughs> going to be the day. <laughs> yeah, Michael uh, only knows it from the Oasis <laughs> mashup. <laughs> Uh, I only, I'm like, I thought that was a waste. No. I did not know Green Day did Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Do you want to guess, do you guys want to try to guess number 10? Because it wasn't, it was one that was featured on a previous episode. It was on the Prince of Persia episode. And she got back. Drop it like it's hot. Uh, Drop it like it's hot. In between. That was the number one song. It's number two, actually. From the Prince of Persia. And it was number 10. Still up there. Staying power. That was, uh, it's a year later now. Pretty Well, no. not even a year later. It's like three months. Before after his trial for murder. Yeah, so Devil May Cry 3, Dante's Awakening. Um, so as far as developer history on this one, this one was developed. Do you guys want me to do the whole Devil May Cry rep- retrospective right now? Is, is now a good time? We can. Okay. I was going to say, I'm a little curious about the, um, the top well, movie. Well, I'm oh, kind of like, okay, my I, I, top movie. I kind of want to be like, sorry. wait, wait, top movie? No. What? Would you, I'm curious. Would, you guys, would you guys like to guess the number one movie from the week of February of 2005? No, I would not. I want to get into Devil May Cry. 
I would like to guess. Um, okay. Shoot, 2005. Uh... So we did a Prince of Persia movie recently. Mm-hmm. This movie also features a prince. Prince of Demons? Prince. No, a fresh prince. Oh, French Prince of Bel Air. Um, yes, but it was the number I, one movie in, I, in February. I, Robot. No. I am legend. No. When did that wait, come wait, 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 wait. Stop, stop. Wait, wait. Independence Day? No, this is 2005, Chris. Not 1996. Oh, shit. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, 2005. Men in Black 2. This also stars Kevin James. Oh, Hitch. Hitch, baby. Right after, uh, of course, February. That's right. Yeah, February, February 2005. It was, it was Hitch. It was Hitch fever. The entire country was caught up in Hitch fever. Don't you guys remember when Hitch yeah, was on get, the tip of everyone's lips? Yeah, he oh, got yeah. that. He got that allergy, and then there, that was the whole thing. Yeah. I remember that movie. You go nine, or I go nine. <laughs> then you go ten. Come. Classic. Okay. Classic. What a classic film. A film that will surely be remembered. Do you want to guess what movie knocked it off? Was this like the next month? Or... The movie that knocked it off of number one. Starsky and Hutch. Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Tyler oh, Perry's idea movie. Really? Oh, fancy. Really? Do you want to guess what movie knocked that movie off? Do you want to yes, just do movies? No. Scary no. Movie 3. The best Vin Diesel movie. Please it's not Fast and the Fear. Oh, wait, no, no. Uh, no. Oh, the Pacifier. The, the Pacifier, baby. The Pacifier, let's oh, go. God, no! No! You gotta Fucking... jump like a kangaroo. Do really? They picked that over Chronicles of Riddick? I mean, they didn't oh, pick that. I like, picked that, Chris. I, that's not like, like the universal consensus. That's me. This is um. This is the same year, Chris. Uh, unfortunately, Chronicles of Riddick didn't come out at that time. Well, they, they had, like, a, what, that Chronicles of Reddick is, like, pretty old. There was another movie that had a Chronicles Pitch Black. in the Pitch title Black that was Chronicles. a popular movie Chronicles at the of end of Narnia. the year. Yeah, yeah, baby. Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia closed the year out all of December, oh. basically. Well, Liam Neeson is Jesus. I thought it died out when they started to make too many Chronicles of Narnia. And would you guys like to guess what the number one movie of the year 2005 was? If it's it not helps. any of those that were just said, right? I think Chris guessed it for 2007. Wait, what was it? Star Wars uh, Episode 3? Revenge yes, of the it was. It was Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that was a pretty good year. Yeah, Bang. my bad year. Don't try it, Anakin. <laughs> 2005. I got the hard round. No, very good year. Very great movie, but bad year for me. I'm sorry, Chris. So yeah, Devil May Cry 3 is it was released in 2005 do you guys feel like you're deep in 2005 right now mario is on the radio drop it like it's hot is still on the radio so like Stank is like kind of somewhere in there oh jeez uh well it's me off what it's a me video games kind of grew on me on these years like uh I'm playing different video games oh yeah but, i will say uh, this was a formative video game for me yeah. So much of the way I act was impacted by this game. I think the uh, initial episode of The Indestructible references this video game like four times. <laughs> like just stomping on the ground to make things fly up. Like the style of this, like the kinetic energy of this game is just reflected in everything I've ever produced. I absolutely adore everything about this game. Incredibly formative. This game and Silent Hill 2, I would say, are probably my biggest PS2 influences. 
So, um, for Devil May Cry's uh, release history, kind of its development, I don't know if you guys know the story about it, but I'm sure you probably do because we've talked about it. Um, but yeah, uh, originally, the long story development of Resident Evil 4, um, uh, the initial build of it by Hideki Kamiya was um, a little too action-y, they felt, and didn't really fit the survival horror motif. Um, and you can actually feel a lot of the Resident Evil influence in Devil May Cry 1. But because the game started to feel like it was a little too much of an action game and something different than the Resident Evil brand, they shifted away from that. And instead of making Resident Evil 4, they ended up repurposing it and calling it Devil May Cry. That's how the series started. You then got a nasty wet fart that was Devil May Cry 2, and they added Hideaki Itsuno's name at the very end, even though he didn't have that much to do with it. But because that game sold well, despite its um, critical failure he was allowed to take the helm on Devil May Cry 3, and he totally redeemed himself, for sure. So, uh, yeah, any, um... Alex, do you want to do a plot synopsis for... A plot synopsis? From yeah. start to finish? I'm thinking this is going to be a new feature. I'm just going to let Alex give a plot synopsis, so... Spoilers, spoiler alert. Alex is just going to run through it. Alright, game starts off. Dante, he's sitting around, he ain't doing shit. He kicks up his phone, bada-bing, bada-boom. His brother, some guy shows up, he's like, hey, your brother, he wants to see you at the top of his tower. And he's like, I bet. So he goes outside, makes his way downtown. Downtown's kind of ruined, kind of sucks. He's like, ah, shit. Makes his way, fights some demons, bada bing, bada boom. Ends up, sees a dog, big ass Cerberus dog. And he's like, hey, you suck. And Cerberus is like, fuck you. And then he kills him, but he doesn't kill him. And Cerberus goes, you've defeated me. Congratulations, here's my powers. Go forth and climb this tower. So, then he goes in the tower, does some fucking Orc Arena time bullshit puzzles, runs around, does that, bada bing, bada boom, fights two dudes, they're pretty cool, Agony and Rudra, they make some jokes, crack some stuff, I've skipped the clown guy, but no one gives a shit about him, don't worry about him. Also, there's a dumbass thing that goes, nya 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 nya, that thing sucks too, fuck that thing. And, uh, you know, he fights Agony and Rudra. And they like, hey, take us with you. We're like swords and stuff. And he's like, I bet. So it goes up. And then he's got to go fight his brother in the brain in the most anime-inspired battle you've ever seen in your life. They're, they're slashing and shooting and bopping and booping. But Dante loses and gets stabbed. Virgil stabs a lot of people in this game. Why? I don't know. He likes stabbing people. He's, an, he's an ironic katana user. What do you want me to tell you? So after he gets stabbed, he gets his devil powers. His powers of his dad. Because, you know, it's his dad. And, uh, yeah, you know, they have that. Uh, what happens after that? I forget. Some things happen. Uh, there's a blood portal. There's a late Hey, lady! There's lady. Uh, they fight. But not really. He says some one-liners, drops her off the side of a cliff, but she's got a, like, thing on her bazooka, and it's all right. You fall into a beast, belly of the whale, blah, blah, blah. The brother kills, uh, the dude, Arkham. The guy who says, Tim and the groom. That guy, he's dead. I know I didn't talk about him, but whatever, it doesn't matter. And then he goes into the blood portal room. He can't he can't undo the thing because he killed the guy who knows how to operate the thing. It's kind of confusing why he would do that. I don't know. He just likes, I mean, he said a mean thing. He said, you're an incomplete being. And he said, fuck you. And he stabbed him. And then they have a fight. You fight him again. Except now he's got Beowulf and he can do like kick moves. And then the best music plays. And then you, then you tie. It's a draw. And then out of nowhere, the guy is like, hey, it was me all along. And you're like, oh, shit. And then he drop kicks. Every well, not drop kicks, but he like sweeps the leg of everybody. And, uh, you know, everyone falls down. And now now you got to go to the top of the tower to fight him because he's trying to get the power of Sparta. Because that's your dad. 
And, uh, you know, you gotta do some more Ocarina time puzzles. You gotta turn the tower around. You gotta fight a shitty horse, uh, a shitty shadow demon of yourself. And then you get to the top of the tower. And then, and then there's a boss rush. There's a boss rush, you know, because it's a Capcom game. You gotta have boss rushes. So you fight everyone you ever fought before. You do that. Then you fight a shitty, shitty purple blob monster. You do half of that. And then your brother says, hey, I want to shoot the shitty purple blob monster too. So they both fight the shitty purple blob monster. But then he says, hey, now we have to fight. And then you fight Virgil. And he loses. And he says, fuck you. And he falls into the abyss. The end. Devil May Cry 3. Thank you. All right. That's, uh, that's Devil May Cry 3. So, uh... As far as IMDb trivia, there's there's not a lot. These these are like these are big like Capcom voice actors. They they have a lot of they've done a lot of Capcom work. Uh, Ruben Langdon, who did the uh, mocap and voice for Dante, he did uh he's he's done a lot of um, Street Fighter. He's done I think he's done Ken, Chris Redfield, in some of the Resident Evil games like from Five on. So some Capcom heavy hitters. For, do you guys have any performances in the game that you thought really stood out? Oh yeah, when uh, I think when they're before Virgil too, like they're ta- uh, Virgil and Arkham are talking, and Virgil has like the best line delivery like in the entire game, where he's like, "Don't tell me about that bothersome woman," and I just like lose it every fucking time he says that. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like just because it's so hammed up. Does that woman really bother you? Or like the part towards the end where Dante's like, and now it's telling me my soul wants to stop you. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. There's, there's, some, there's some fucking gems in this game. There's some, yeah, there's some ham on this bone for sure. But yeah, uh, as far as what you guys played it on, um, I, uh, I ended up playing the uh, HD collection re-release, the Xbox One version. I didn't have any problems as far as that goes. Um, uh, what did you guys end up playing it on? I played the special edition on PC from Steam. Um, little little problem with the controls. Uh, the right stick doesn't work. So I guess you're supposed to be able to turn your camera in the game at some points, but but they don't let you. Yeah, which uh, I figured just made it more difficult. Which I heard this game was already difficult, so I was like, all right, this devil may crack. Yeah, I also played uh, the special edition port for PC, the original one. There are some issues. Uh, most of it you can fix with modding. But this game port is so old that the 360 wasn't even out. So it doesn't even have, like, base 360 support. So you have to, like, do a lot of fucking with your any files, a lot of stuff like that. Or you just download, like, Style Switcher. Or the, I think there's one or two other mods that fix some of those issues. But I just played, I just dealt with it. Uh, you can't use your right stick, so... Changing targets usually is uh, click click your move stick in all these games, but not being able to do that made certain situations hard. But other than that, it was all right. Um, what difficulties did you guys end up playing it on? I started off playing the normal difficulty, and then after like three or four deaths, it said, hey, you unlocked easy mode. <laughs> so then I was like, I guess I'll play easy mode. And that was a big game changer. Um, I got stuck on the with the third mission where you're supposed yeah. to fight Cerberus, and uh, yeah, I kept dying until until you told me that I could go back and redo missions, and then I farmed the first mission a billion times, and then I defeated Cerberus on my first try back. But then I played easy mode. I, I just beat Cerberus on normal mode, and then 
went down to easy and played the rest of the game. Yeah, so I guess a little trivia on the uh, like difficulties for this game. Uh, so on the initial release, one of the main detractions from the game was that it was just too hard, especially the North, the North American release especially. So the difficulties for this game, the special edition and the editions going on after that, they were all um, completely retooled. So what normal is in this game is what easy was in the original. And easy in this game is a completely new mode. And then hard in this game was old normal and so on and so forth. So this game is scaled down one level each difficulty from the original release. So yeah, if you can imagine playing um, through it on normal mode, that was the old easy mode. And just the amount of like farming and struggle you would have if you were like new to the game. That was my baptism by fire when it first came out on PS2. Like I had to fight Cerberus like 15 times because I had to farm enough vital stars to like actually be able to survive and learn all of his stuff until you kind of get used to the game. This was the, definitely the first one that ramped up the difficulty and the styles and all that. So it's definitely become like a genre in and of itself that you can like practice and get good at. But initially it was a really, really uphill learning curve when it first came out. Nice. Was this like the first just actually hard game that people just mm. suffered through but enjoyed because it was so difficult? I think, I think. Which kind of like, you know, Dark Souls is now the hard game that people enjoy suffering through. I think Although I felt like this game was harder. Yeah, it definitely is. It's it's harder, but it gives you a lot of options, especially at once you complete one playthrough and you get like all of your styles and all the different things you can do. You definitely can kind of come into your own a little bit more, and you have a lot more tools. But yeah, initially it's it's a it's a struggle. Um, but yeah, Alex, what difficulty did you end up playing on? I played through up till uh, fucking Virgil two on yellow, and then I said I'm not doing this shit anymore. And then I just blitz through the game on gold, gold normal. So normal on both, but yellow is such a fucking pain in the ass. Cause yeah, like, so that that's another thing, another difference from the special edition from the original game is there is a yellow or gold mode that you pick at the very beginning. And that basically just determines how respawning and resetting works. So if you're in gold mode, then there's an in-game item called a gold orb, which is a consumable you can use to just respawn where you died. And that's completely new to the special edition. But in the original edition, it's a it was called a yellow orb. Um, and the trade off was that you could have ninety nine yellow orbs, so it was still kind of more compatible with like farming and retrying bosses more so than the gold orbs. But um, anyways, the yellow orb would take you outside of the room you were into the last checkpoint, the little guys holding the gold or hourglass or whatever. So you basically from the jump get to choose whether you want to play with kind of the new rules where you do respawn and you can actually reset boss encounters while in them and like kind of cheese through the game with gold orbs or whether you want to do the yellow orb way but there's no achievements or anything linked to any of it it's all kind of tossed up so yeah gold was much much easier yeah much more user-friendly to like actually just be able to like you can even hit like you don't want to continue and just restart the level from outside yeah. the boss fight which is it's just great for like actually practicing and getting the tech down compared to yellow mode where you're just fucked yeah because the first like instance of trouble was like Agony and Rudra, because you got to fight Jester. You have to fight, like, three encounters. And you get to Agony and Rudra. And you could have, like, depending on how your encounters go, like, what you do, you can have, like, anywhere between full bar and, like, quarter bar. And you're just like, well, I just got to do it. We're doing it live. Uh, so the Jester fights are new for the special edition, too. Those weren't in the original game. Those are all um, oh. added for the special edition, yeah. There's three of them, I think, with those little, like, lightning orbs. I think only the first one is mandatory on, like, Mission 5. 
And then the other two you walk by, and it's up to you whether you want to actually do them or not. Yeah, I just did the first one. It was a pretty easy fight. There's not a yeah, lot to them. Yeah. No, not a, the the other ones are pretty hard. the The third one is is pretty challenging. Um, do you just get uh blue blue fragments for those, or do you get anything? I, at I, all? Think, I don't think you get anything. I think you can potentially like farm some extra style off of them, but yeah, I don't think you get anything for beating them. If I if I recall correctly, I I only yeah. did the the mandatory one this time instead of the optional ones. I, I was kind of jamming through it because my biggest issue was that unfortunately you don't have any of the difficulties unlocked, so you have to beat it on normal to unlock hard, to unlock very hard, to unlock Dante Must Die. So if you want to actually get to the harder difficulties, you have to kind of beat the game several times. And it does take like a, at least a solid like eight hours or so if you're not super clean with your stuff. And, you know, you're, I kind of was... It had been a while since I played it, so I was kind of going the wrong way after some of the... um key item pickups and i was getting lost a little bit more than i'd like to admit so i definitely was struggling sometimes i would get to the end of the mission and be like 25 minutes d i was like oh, okay fuck oh, i was gonna say so if you um if you beat the game and you unlock a new difficulty if you go to new game do you still have that difficulty or because like say you want to play it as virgil now do you have to do normal that's a different it's a different Virgil file. now yeah there's a dante file oh, and a Virgil okay. file yeah I think there's a there's. But you a have to beat the game once, right, for Virgil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a there's a cheat oh, okay. code that um lets you unlock all modes, and I think it unlocks Virgil and Dante and all the costumes and all the difficulties. But I don't think you're allowed to save if you use that, or at least boxes out achievements. So not ideal. Okay, is Virgil um does he have more than just the three weapons or no? He just have the three. Yeah, you have the three weapons, oh, and then okay. he has those. He has those little like orbs that he uses sometimes in the battle, like those invisible little flinging orb things. I don't know if you saw those. Yeah, if you ever, if you ever quicksilvered in a fight with him, he makes these little like dancing circles. Yeah. Yep. And when you play as him, you get to see those. And then when you play as Nero in uh, Devil May Cry Four, you get a lot more of like the visible inputs of how those things look. Uh, I played it on hard because I could only stomach to beat it two times in the amount of time we had. <laughs> Beat it on normal, beat it on hard, um, and that was like which hard? I don't again, want to spend yeah. normal difficulty. <laughs> yeah, so you have to beat the game yes. once to unlock the original normal, which I think is funny. <laughs> um, the, some crazy. of the yeah, some of the North American Resident Evils did that too. I think the first Resident Evil just was fucking ridiculously hard on the American version only because they didn't want you to rent it; they wanted you to actually buy it. So if you rented it, you just wouldn't be able to beat it. And then for so for subsequent re-releases, like there's a like an easy mode that's like the original Japanese release, and like a hard mode which is like the original NA release. They, the Capcom kind of has a history of doing shit like that. It's kind of funny. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah they they they, they, <laughs> res they respect something like that. Yeah, they respect American gamers. I think it was just because everyone was like, "Man, two's too fucking easy, dude. This game's so fucking easy." And they're like, "Oh, it's easy, huh?" Well, guess what? Here you go. Deal with it, nerd. Yeah, but two is too easy because it sucks. Because they don't make any of the enemies interesting. They're all like super easy to like figure out. They don't have like that. Ch There's such a cheapness factor to some of the enemies here and like the shit they do. The way they stun sometimes and don't stun other times, and then. They have these like giant like AOE attacks if you don't stop beating them up after you stun them like fast enough. There's yeah. so many so many little annoying things that like can fuck you over so hard if you don't know exactly what you're doing. I had a hard time judging just some of the boss like interactions because they weren't they weren't like you would think they'd be consistent, but they didn't feel consistent. Like when Cerberus shoots ice on the ground, I'm like, oh, I can totally like he's not shooting over here anymore, and then you just walk there. 
and he just goes Mack, and you're frozen and you're like you fucking kidding me I had that same problem he'd be like think... facing completely opposite direction and all of a sudden ice ball flies at your face yeah. oh the ice ball projectile I don't know if it's just the port but like I would never I've never seen it like I, you see his mouth open and just nothing comes out and you usually just get chunked yeah. for damage yeah I was thinking this is a little janky I don't imagine this is how it was meant to be no, there's definitely is some like actual jank. Um, if you don't figure out like the boss loops, if you're if you like straight out fight them, there's there's some janky stuff for sure. But we'll we'll get into that. Um, how did you guys feel about the uh, sound design and music? This this soundtrack kind of slaps, dude. It's oh, got yeah, some, fucking great. It's got some bangers. It's got some excuse me some some otherwise schmas songs, but most of them are absolute bang, bangers. Uh, Virgil two slaps. Uh, main theme slaps. A lot, a lot of slappers. Yeah, I love I love all the music in this game. I love the like menu noises too. Like just navigating through the menus, going from screen to screen. Like when you're buying items, the little bling and bling. Like I don't know. For some reason, this game's just hit me. Maybe it's the nostalgia thing, but they they trigger some like serotonin release for sure for me. You know, the music was good because it never felt really repetitive. As a, I mean, maybe I'm just comparing it to like Prince Persia Warrior Within. Because I feel like every encounter in Prince of Persia was like the same music all of a sudden. And I'm like, oh, great. Here we go again. But this, I never, I never recognized the song multiple yeah. times. There's like three or and four. And then they do actually have singing in it, yeah. which is kind of neat. Lots of like a, a really good, um, good soundtrack overall for sure. I love that music. Yeah. Yeah. The music is great. <laughs> Not just the songs either. The score is good. Yeah. And the crispness of a lot of the noises. The enemies have like really good sound cues when you're learning how to fight them and like what attacks they're doing. You get some really like distinct. The audio is definitely a big, a big plus to this game. It would it would not be the same game without all the attention they spent with the detail and the audio. How do you guys feel about the overall graphical presentation of the game? It's pretty mean. From like, I was gonna say. I mean, I guess for its age, it's it's a nice game. I can imagine being a kid again on the PS2 playing this game and uh, getting hooked for sure. But then, like, I feel like I've never really seen Devil May Cry 3 before having played it. And I've seen more recent Devil May Cry games, like Devil May Cry 4, especially Devil May Cry 5. When I look at those games, I'm like, ooh, they're so beautiful. So just, like, you kind of have to forget how good you got it right now yeah. to see how great this game is is for its time it definitely yeah, looks one. good and again i yeah the the jankiness i'm sure it wasn't always there because i know pc ports are always a little janky i know i'm you're probably supposed to see an ice ball flagship from Cerberus. <laughs> no go ahead michael did you have an issue with uh the little centipede dude sometimes when you do his lightning attack your screen would just like flash blue like straight up seizure style that I happened to me. That <laughs> and I was like, oh god, this is terrible. Get me out of this fucking boss fight. He's <laughs> like Were you running you were running mods, did you say? No, I, I ran it straight and then after I beat it I I put on style switcher and a couple other things and I'm like, oh okay. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I did not did not have any flashing lights. That's, yeah, that's when he game. when he drops his little like lightning balls on below him, sometimes if he was too far away from me, it would just straight up be like blue, not blue, blue. And I was like, dude, get me out of this boss fight. 
So, um, yeah, one of the like one of the reasons why the graphics were kind of subpar even at the time too is because they wanted the game to run at sixty frames per second, which is kind of the standard now. But um, for the time, that was that was part of the reason to get the game to consistently run at sixty. They definitely had to make some take some shortcuts. That's why there's a lot of the pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff, kind of Resident Evil style um, and shit like that, just to just to get the game to run as linearly as possible. I wouldn't say it was that far behind, though. I mean. You can compare it to pretty much beginning level PS2 games like uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time. I know that was like, what, 2003 game? And this is 2005. But uh, yeah. I'd say it's a smooth gameplay is a lot more important to me than the graphics for sure. Yeah. And that, that I think that's where this game really excels. And uh, yeah, so um, as far as controls, did you guys both, all, both play on controller? No weird PC keyboard setups or anything like that? Nope, straight up 360 controller. Yes, same. Well, I tried PS4 and 360 just to see if it would make a difference with not being able to use my camera. It did not. But, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, no. I, I, I do remember playing it on the PS4 controller. I, I feel like the it, it's just slightly more optimal with the uh, the R1, R2 setup. Like, it's like more comfortable to like rest your fingers up there than it is with the 360. So like with the 360 controller, my index finger goes down to the right trigger, like out of just like habit. I don't know if it's just like a weird mental tick. But for whatever reason, when I hold a PS4, PS3, PS2 controller, my fingers both rest on R1 and R2. So I feel like it's for some of the like cancels and holds and going in and out of locking, locking onto an enemy and shit like that. um, Having the PS3 controller, at least for the way that I hold my hands, was was the best way to do it. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just used. I'm so used to like four and five. Yeah, like keeping them up there. Yeah, I've played the last three on. uh, on right bumper and then i for four and that's not really a thing with this one i definitely do a different um controller layout when i'm playing as virgil than i do when i'm playing as dante or when i'm playing as nero sorry because i feel like you're very much inclined unless you're playing as gunslinger in this one in four you're very much encouraged to like have those charge shots always going as a nero yeah yeah but anyways like the um uh for the the controller i i just remember something that annoyed me a lot was how switching targets is like l3 yeah, tapping in uh, analog. Mm-hmm. I apparently do that all the time <laughs> to the point where I'll be like aiming at one guy and all of a sudden I'm turned around aiming at another guy. I probably should have just remapped it, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it was my controller being just a crappy rock candy controller or. <laughs> it's possible. But know. yeah, anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we can kind of get into just like the overall game here. Uh, we'll do a little more in depth than Alex did with his wonderful synopsis. So. Story follows uh, Dante. This is the this is a prequel, even though it's titled number three. This is the first one chronologically in the series. So um, Dante, the Demon Hunter's origin and his battle with his uh, estranged brother Virgil. Uh, like Alex says, you kind of make your way through a tower, very much like a hero's journey archetype type thing, where you beat these threshold guardians and then you receive them as weapons. Um, were there any like standout? Um, enemies as far as the mobs go that you guys really liked because i know for a game i I feel like this game has such a really intense variation on the amount of mobs there are and then sometimes it doesn't feel like there's an intense variation you know what i mean like yeah yeah like there's not like multi areas it's a thing they do in four where like you go to a little forest area and you get the lizard enemies and you're kind of bouncing around different like terrain so you're getting all these different enemies here you get like basically just different shades of demon but I don't know. It feels like each one brings something different to the table. 
Yeah, enemy design is like half really, really good and half like, why is this a thing and why must I fight it? There's some really good ones, like most of the mob enemies are good, like the big uh, Reaper boss that you fight in the first mission that's later, just like a mini boss. He's fun. And then there's like the guy who will will never show you his back. And when you try to lock on stab him, you just can never (laughs) quite reach him. And then the fallen. And you're like, man. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't played a Devil May Cry game, one of the things that's an action adventure um, game where it's rating you on your style um, with this kind of system of if you do the same moves over and over again, you get less credit. If you get hit, you get less credit. And you have this like kind of style meter that's constantly going up that you're incentivized to um, keep as high as possible for as long as possible via dodging enemy attacks, taunting, and using like a varied offense. Um, and there are just, I, I do agree with Alex, there are some enemies in this game that really, really make it hard to like actually style on them. And I think that's that's a real like drawback because so much of the fun of this game and the satisfaction is like really landing like a solid combo or like getting a flow and like a weapon combo to work on a certain type of enemy so that you're stylish and then you're dodging their retaliations and you're really getting like a flow going. And some of the enemies you just can't get a flow going on at all. <laughs> I think that kind of sucks. But uh, but I think it was intentional just to, to like kind of intersperse with some challenge. And technically you can... You can keep an S rank up during most encounters if you if you really really use some cheese tactics on some of the enemies, but some your your mileage will vary for sure. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the my favorite enemy is definitely the I think it's called the Hellprat, which yeah. is uh, the very first enemy that you fight. Yeah, and they kind of just are throughout the entire game. Yeah. it's just something that you can easily combo to really just keep your style meter up. But, you know, they're the only ones that really make you feel like a badass. Because, yeah. like you said, you run into those, like, those those knights with the shield in front of them. And you're yeah. chasing them for, like, a good minute. Like, all right, turn around. Like, they're just... <laughs> yeah, and unless you're playing, <laughs> you like, sword... Feel uh, unless you're playing... And, uh, shit. So there's another thing in the game. It's, uh, you have styles. So you get, like, a play style. And this is the first Devil May Cry to introduce this, where you have a different play style that you load out with. So there's one that's called the Trickster that's basically like the evasive style. And then you have Swordmaster, which gives you extra combos with your swords. And Gunslinger, which gives you extra combos with your guns. And then you get Royal Guard, which sounds like it's a defensive style, but um, as we'll get into, I think, because a lot of us ended up using that as our predominant style, um, it can be the most offensive style in the game. It can be hyper-aggressive too, so it's it's uh, it's a fun one to play. Um, but yeah, this is the first one that lets you... Um, have that kind of variation based on your play style. And there's definitely a lot more depth added to the system than the prior two Devil May Cry games because of that. So that was a great addition for this one, something the series has kept as it goes on. Um, but yeah, so unless you're playing as specifically the Swordmaster style, though, the enemies with the shields in front, I forget exactly what they're called. Completely impossible to like do any type of comboing on or anything like efficient. Yeah, you'd need the Weed Whacker the on a circle. <laughs> yeah. Or any, like, air combo, too. No, oh, yeah. I forgot. Like, it's been so long since I've, like, played 4 that when I went back and played 4, like, after playing 5 and Dante has, like, at least a 1, 2, 3 in the air, like, just having just straight down, I was like, okay, this is going to take some getting used to. Yeah, having having Helm Splitter is, is like, the main That's thing that, I always, <laughs> that always fucks me over when I go back from playing one of the newer ones to playing this one. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, if I jump and do an attack, like, I, I do that. <laughs> I don't have any, like, air moves. Nope, nothing. 
Yeah. You got no no one two three no combo extenders unless you're using uh, Swordmaster. But Swordmaster's air combos in three, I feel like really you got to be really precise with them. Yeah, you could at least with the rebellion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Beowulf's got a really short range. Agni and Rudra has a really short. Well, it has a short range on the straight jumping attack. That's not Swordmaster, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as far as like overall gameplay design, like if if anyone listening hasn't ever played a Devil May Cry game, there are basically these action adventure games where you have a varying style between you can use like swords and guns and you can you get a lot of really interesting tech for like juggling enemies. You almost have like fighting game level depth on like the types of combos you can do. Um, and that's one of the things I really absolutely adore about this game is just how deep it is. Like frame manipulation, like canceling. There's so many different types of cancels you can do in this game. Like you can dash cancel, you can attack, you can cancel with different attack inputs. There's crazy combos which are attacks that go really fast um, but don't like kill enemies until the final hit you have um you have evasive combos you have weapon switching combos i mean there's just so many different like weapon switching cancels i'm sorry um but there's just so many different things like so much tech to unravel here and it's just incredibly deep but i feel like if you don't want to get into all that there's still like a really fun hyper challenging action game as well yeah I think it does a good job. Like the style system's main purpose is just to prevent you from just doing your one, two, three bread and butter. It does a pretty good job of that. Yeah, to just you to expand your abilities, which and, I didn't it, realize it was kind of simple to get style to where you're yeah. literally you could be like attack, attack, switch other weapon, attack, switch back to weapon, attack, attack, and I'm like, oh, well there we go. Yeah. I did. I failed at that for the longest time. Yeah. But just having that encouragement in it built into the game, I feel like it, it, it. Like again, a game we played that came out a few months before this game, Prince of Persia: The Warrior Within. There isn't really any of that. I think that was one of my criticisms <laughs> of it when we we're playing. It's like there, you just like you got your you got your combo, and honestly, your your one auto attack that like you can just do the auto attack without going into the chain. Like that's pretty like solid. That was what I was doing for a lot of boss fights in that game. Oh yeah, game. You literally just hop over, slash, slash, hop back over. This game is treated like a fighting game. Yeah. Because in most, at least like Smash Bros, you play Smash Bros, you do anything repetitively, you get the stale moves, little downgrade of points. It's like, hey, he's being, he's just using the same (laughs) move. This game encourages you to expand and learn your character and learn all the weapons. And that, you do get more orbs if you, whenever you kill an enemy with high style, they drop more orbs. So there is actually actually incentive in the game's um, economies for you to play that way. So lots of lots of cool like tech going on to like subtly nudge you towards being really good at the game, which I think is cool. So as far as like favorite enemies, Alex, you, do you have a favorite? Because I know Michael said this was the Hell Pride. Um, are they, what's the ones towards the end? The ones that when you hit them, they always retaliate. What are those guys called? They're little uh, red dudes with the horns. Yeah. The red guys with the scythes that jump yeah. up and throw their scythe at you. I don't remember what they're all called, but I, I know. But they're fun. Describing. Yeah. They're fun because they always retaliate. So like if you're using like Royal Guard or Trickster, you can just smash them and then like either instant transmission or just Royal Guard them. I love. Um, that was annoying with Royal Guard. Like, cause you're encouraged to parry so like a lot of times i'm just standing there by a bunch of enemies waiting for them to attack and they don't and i'm like fine whatever i'm just going yeah i didn't know about taunt at all until you guys started talking about taunt i'm like that that does something i thought that was just like how there's a taunt feature in a fighting game that does nothing it's it's super useful it's it's an incredible tool in this game it's it's like playing as dan habiki they do Uh, not teach you about taunt 
But yeah, uh, so you get you kind of progress through the games. You unlock a few extra styles. You get a style where you can um, you get a shadow that kind of mimics your moves. A cool Easter egg with that style that is that if you press start on the second player's controller, you actually can two player through the game uh, with doppelganger. So that's pretty fun. Um, and then also um, you get the uh, Quicksilver style, which is essentially Prince of Persia style. So I, I don't know oh, if that's yeah. a thing. I don't know if that's a thing you guys know from this game, uh, playing through it. Like, there's so many things that were in this game that were in Prince of Persia Warrior with him. There's specifically the level where you have Devil Trigger on the whole time, which reminded me a lot of the Wraith mask of the Wraith thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Same. Same. A ton, a ton of similarities. But I will say, I, I think this game is is so much, so much better. I, I think everything about the way it works out is better. I prefer the mission style versus like the open. The fake open world where you can't really go everywhere all the time so you're really like locked in i, I really like the like segmented missions if you want to like fight a certain enemy or a certain boss you just you, you load the mission you play through that mission as many times as you want i really really like that style of presentation normally i don't like i don't like linear games but i think for this game where half the fun is just like doing the fight and doing the fight again you know like really learning the bosses and like really dialing it in and playing the mission over and over again to get that perfect like s rank i think the style of mission layout works really really well yeah it's probably one of the game's strengths it's just having that segmented because then you because each mission's different some of them are kind of stinkers but oh, you know there's there's some filler missions for sure uh mission 15 sucks uh i don't know why they insist on always having a platforming part and it always is just the worst but i i hated the stupid cubes i is that was that that's before was that 16 somewhere I think in right. there i think it's i think it's right uh yeah 17 because i think that's when you fight the shadow version of your yeah game, which is right before the boss rush it's much easier when you can manipulate the camera i will say but yeah um, um yeah a really really solid like um Michael, I'm interested what your thoughts are about the series being that this is the first one you played. Like, how do you feel about Devil May Cry? Are you are you Arsenio Hall in uh, that Dave Chappelle sketch where he's mad nobody told him how good the cheese was? Or are you, how do you feel? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd say I'm pretty, pretty much Arsenio Hall. I mean, the very first scene I thought was like, like oh, this game's going to be fun. When, yeah. when he answers the phone and... He's just eating pizza and then he gets attacked by demons and everything and every single cinematic scene that he does is like just all about being a show off badass about having style and i'm like is that what these games are about is this why these games are so hyped and yeah, yeah i felt like i just hopped aboard the hype train it's a hyped game the yeah. uh ps ps5 recently got announced and they showed the uh devil may cry 5 special edition is coming to the ps5 so it's like it's hyped enough to be one of the incentives to getting a, a console. Usually bodes well. But yeah, uh, so that's cool. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to get initiated into being a demon hunter and playing the Devil May Cry games because they're absolute gems, except for two. <laughs> I don't know. You could probably find someone who thinks two is a guilty pleasure. Like, if really you just remove it, if you just remove it from the franchise and just look at it like... He's got to look at it from a completely different angle and just be like, I like shooting guns. This you is guys fun. Ever, you guys ever play the uh, Van Helsing movie tie-in game? Oh, yeah. Because that is a Devil May Cry clone, and that game is legitimately better than Devil May Cry 2. That's all I need That's to say true. about fucking Devil May Cry. It's, it's less good than the Van Helsing <laughs> movie tie-in game with Hugh Jackman. That game's actually not that bad. For for like a knock, like if you're going to knock off a game franchise for your movie tie-in game, Devil May Cry is a good choice. <laughs> Does that mean Hugh Jackman's trying to 
do a bunch of style moves. Yeah, have you not seen the movie? I'd say so. The movie is too. That movie slaps. That movie's yeah. fucking really good. Oh, I don't. I, I won't go that far. Dude, I, I love that movie. I don't care what. It's like Speed Racer, dude. I'm like, dude, these movies slap. Like, you can argue, like, yeah, dude, like this sucks. I'm like, no, like this movie's good. Like, I like it. It's not like a good movie by like standards of like, um, you know, fucking Oscar award winning acting or whatever. But it's like. It's just, mm, mm. it's an enjoyable movie to have on. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's like god awful. I do think it's, it's very, not good. <laughs> but... <laughs> You're like, I mean, you could argue most of god. Arnold Schwarzenegger movies aren't good, but they're still like, I still enjoy the but shit see, out if of I, them. If I was arguing that, Alex, I'd be wrong. As where if I was arguing that for Van Helsing, <laughs> I'd be absolutely correct. That'd be the difference. <laughs> wow. No, no, uh, but yeah, uh, that that that's a fun movie to end game if you ever want to like get a little a little bit of like bad cheesy licensed game, but a little bit of Devil May Cry. It's right in that sweet spot. It's it's definitely playable. I, I definitely regret not getting the HD collection because now I'm like, I mean, even after you talking about Devil May Cry two being bad, um, I'm probably not going to get Devil May Cry two. <laughs> I'll probably <laughs> never play it. But if I had the HD collection, I definitely would have played it. Yeah. But you're you're making me a little afraid of it. There's like four boss fights, and one and like I think two oh. of them are against a helicopter that you can mostly only oh. hit with guns. And yeah, it's just it's it's pretty like legitimately terrible. And you you only it's um it basically does it doesn't improve off anything from Devil May Cry one because Devil May Cry one as great as it is is pretty limited like a lot of the stuff in three is like a major jump in quality for the franchise even from one um style switching like lots of weapon variety I think in Devil May Cry one there's only like three swords and I'm pretty sure you can you there's only two two that you have at any point and I think you have to go all the way to the pause menu to switch them if I recall correctly so there's no like on the fly weapon switching which there is in this one um so two has all of that garbage and shit but then also like the enemies all suck the cameras all suck the, like it the textures look like worse than Devil May Cry 1 the environments are bland you will get lost because you think you're going one way but like everything looks the same and it's just it, it's so bad it's the bosses are not fun to fight like it's it's just everything about it sucks. And the worst crime of all, it's incredibly easy. Oh, man. Total that trash. That's a pretty big crime. But anyways, for the game we're covering, another thing I absolutely adore about this game and a thing that I think sets it apart is the value for money with this release, especially the special edition. You get the full game. You get six difficulties for each playable character, both of whom play pretty differently. You get the Bloody Palace survival mode, which has 9,999 levels. There's so much, so much to do. Like literally you could just, you could have a PS2 and you could have played almost exclusively this game for like a year and you would still be like, there would still be new things to do. I don't know. I feel like there's so much to unpack in this game if you actually want to try to get exposure with every single thing that's packed onto the disc or download. Oh yeah, no, that's true. Cause even, I mean, the Bloody Palace, those type of just modes just adds so much so much gameplay because it's kind of it's fun it's fun to try and accomplish something like that and then the fact that like you said there's six difficulty levels this game is already hard enough on the original easy mode to where you're just gonna be pulling your hair out but in a fun way you know <laughs> well and that's that's because i mean uh... i i played like the new god of war game and their hardest difficulty is immediately available to you called give me god of war but that was 
a lot. I feel like that was easier than what I imagined the hard mode of this game to be. So the normal mode, yes, I could see it as a pain, but like you said, we, we can go back and upgrade yourself. But yeah, yeah. The, the, the challenge of this game alone is where all that replayability comes from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and yeah, the final difficulty for this game, Dante Must Die mode, is just an absolute like watermark of high difficulty but still like like fun challenging um the enemies are incredibly like aggressive as the difficulties go up too like the ai like does attacks more and it does the annoying attacks more like it knows which ones are like the pain in the ass attacks that you hate and they just spam those um and then they get they end up getting their own devil trigger too um on dante must die mode a lot of the enemies so it's like yeah it really ramps it up in like a fun and engaging way like you said it has you pulling your hair out but in a totally good way like it has your heart beating fast in the fights palms are sweaty yeah mom's spaghetti yeah for sure but um yeah that's another really cool thing with the difficulty in this game is you're always you always have enough tools like that if a bad thing happens to you you're kind of like okay well i was too aggressive or i did this or i did that there's almost always like some player feedback that you you if you do everything right you you can even on the hardest difficulties you know kind of cheese and steam through the game um but it's really really challenging to do that i think kevin was talking about how he went for like the speedrun strats and just had a really hard time because you, you in order to speedrun this game like you have to have the actual in-game tech down it's not you know all it's not all glitches and nonsense it's like you, you do need to like actually just have some tech down to like accomplish some really really hard stuff in some of these fights um and that's really cool tech the timing of each individual enemy which is difficult to learn, for sure. I feel like normally I'm good at timing things, but I definitely <laughs> struggled a bit with getting those pe perfect parries. Well, I think that kind of covers just overall the gameplay. Um, did you guys have a, uh, a favorite moment? Alex, do you have a favorite moment? Favorite moment, probably... I think Virgil 2 is probably my favorite moment. Virgil 2 is probably a really fun fight. I like when he has Beowulf, his moveset's pretty good. Uh, nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah least favorite. Too. Uh, anytime I have to fight really dumb enemies. Oh, in the mission where you have to turn the tower. I I don't like any of the Zelda puzzles or that shit. Yeah, they're definitely not done with the care of a Zelda puzzle. It's it's all if it, it feels kind of like filler in this game. Unfortunately, none of it actually like racks your brain at all. It's just do you have the key item? Did you go the right way down the hall? Like the worst yeah, aspects of Resident Evil. Yeah, it's definitely a Capcom staple. I'm kind of glad with like five they just. Took, they just pushed it as far away as they could because four has like the fucking what are they called the things with nero where you gotta you punch it and then you gotta beyblade it oh yeah the little tops the like spinning top things yeah it's like yeah. why, the, why? Yeah, those those suck pretty hard um michael did you have a favorite moment uh yes i remembered um it's kind of uh, a level i don't remember yeah. the number of the level but i'm, I'm sure you probably do it's the one where you're going up through like hell and you have to fight not all of the bosses again, but like five what? of them or something. I think that's mission eight. I struggled. It's the boss rush. You can fight all of them again if you want. I thought you could, but I got really low on health and I got afraid because I was struggling on easy mode at that point. Yeah, that, that, that mission like, is legitimately okay. challenging on like any difficulty because like you do have to at least beat three of them, I think. I think there's one little triangle that if you do it optimally, you only have to fight three of them. Yeah, it's but. Cerberus, uh, Agni and Rudra, and I think, what was his name? Bayamont? Or Bayamont. whoever gives it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't remember his name. The one I did. You know the you know the name of the gauntlets that he's that are named. It's after. the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, those are his gauntlets. 
Yeah, because uh, Virgil in storyline oh, after Virgil, you, fi- yeah, uh, you fight him and he escapes and then Virgil kills him and gets the gauntlets. But then you beat Virgil and you get the gauntlets. Yeah, that's a pretty good cutscene. What? There are two sons of Sparta? <laughs> and then he just like unsheaths Katana. He does the anime resheathing the Katana to make all the actual slashes appear. Classic. That guy was, that guy was funny. I, I think if you probably boiled it down to, it's probably Virgil being an ironic Katana user and then... And then uh, Dante being like, yeah, but the Claymore is just such a diverse weapon. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got this Kylo Ren energy. I've got this cross guard here. Try to, try to, try to parry me. Try to parry me. You can't. You won't. Oh, uh, fuck, you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Cyclops pretty funny, though. The way I get the Cyclops from the Odyssey. Very one-track mind. Like, yeah. I smell the blood of Sparta. Oh, <laughs> nobody did this to me. Yeah. Blah blah blah. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, that that mission eighteen. I think I fought like five of them. I struggled on Nevin. What's Nevin? The the, the Nevin. vampire lady. She's she's probably the easiest lady. boss once you learn her. But yeah, if you don't know if you don't know her pattern, she is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I didn't know about the kiss because when I first fought her, she didn't do a kiss. <gasps> yeah, it's a fucking raging demon, dude. <laughs> it's Akuma's raging demon. <laughs> You just gotta DT out of it. Yeah, yeah, you can DT out of it. Oh, you can? But yeah, see, yeah, like, you. it's different yeah. for me since I played, like, I've played four and five and then played this. So I'm like, I kind of, I know, I know that I can do things. If you don't, but, like, the game doesn't tell you explicitly you can do things. It just expects you to be like, well, I'm just gonna try it and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that fight. And if you don't have, like, DT and she grabs you. You just lose like eighty percent of your health, and she recovers like fifty percent of hers. You're just fucked. Like I, use, I love like, three health stars. Yeah, I love smack in the face shit like that in boss fights, and this game has like legit some fucked up shit that happens if you fight certain bosses wrong. I was going to be very sad if I died. She's that, very easy. That's to why beat. I liked it. Yeah, she's very easy to be in the boss rush because you get the Nev- uh, you get the Beowulf gauntlets and those work really well against her. Yeah, because she only has that certain time where you can hit her and yeah. and you're like shit. I got to do as much DPS as I can here. Yeah, she's very easy to get into like a loop because you can just you can stand outside the range of her spinny attack and then charge up like the stinger punch with the Beowulf and then as soon as she stops spinning, you bash her with that. It usually almost kills her bats on most of the easier normal difficulties and you can kind of just wail on her. But she, she as a for definitely for casual play, playthroughs, I think she was the one I died on the most the first time I played through it on PS2. I was really, really mad. I fucking hated her <laughs> so much. I, like, I, I, oh yeah, I specifically remember my child rage from fighting her. I was like, this fucking. I was using all the bad female words. I was like, this <laughs> fucking cunt. I was Top really, shelf. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I like a lot of the boss designs. I think Devil May Cry has always had pretty good boss designs. Yeah. They're always good. Devil May and Cry I, I, 2 has not, does not. The last <laughs> boss is like, okay, I guess. Uh, Devil May Cry 2? Like fucking Kazuya Mishima? Yeah, you fight Kazuya Mishima, but he's like a magma blob, right? Yeah, yeah. It sucks. It sucks real hard. <laughs> as far as like bosses in that game go, it's like, it's okay. Do you like fighting helicopter? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's the best part of Metal Gear Rising. Yeah. I'm just picturing Twisted Metal Black when you're saying like fighting a helicopter. I'm like, it's it's like that. It's that. It's like it's be like if in the middle of a Devil May Cry game you were thrust into like an awkward rooftop battle with a helicopter, like that shitty sub boss from Twisted Metal Black. Least favorite. Moment. Yeah, least favorite. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna change uh, mine to Mission 19. Fuck Mission 19. Fuck everything it stands for. 
That's the the, uh, the blob. The blob. It's the blob, but it's also, blob. also has the mirrors. The mirror fight, which sucks. Um, and then uh, it has the time based fight. Yeah, time, I didn't have trouble with the the stage. I kind of I figured out the mirrors pretty quick. I was like, well, this one has a reflection, and none of them else do. And you just kind of smack it. But like, it's totally fucked because you can just sit in that room. The enemies don't die, and you're just kind of sitting there, just like uh, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that was a that one wasn't bad on easy mode though. Like Mission 18 was definitely a lot scarier yeah. for me on easy mode. You, but again, you played on yellow mode, mode so. right, Michael? So if you lost, yeah, you I played yellow. Out. Yeah, you were out. Yeah. yeah, that was that was my main rage with uh, the normal mode was me fighting servers and I kept getting losing and going back to the beginning of the level. And it's just started draining my willpower. <laughs> yeah, I, I Cerberus. I like, like I gotta take a break. Yeah, I don't know if they like ramp Cerberus's difficulty up for the boss rush, but I always struggle with boss rush Cerberus. Like I, I kick the shit out of Mission Three Cerberus. But whenever I fight, I'm like, I'm gonna do boss rush, boss rush Cerberus. I'm like, I, he just fucking tosses my salad every time, man. I don't know what the fuck happened, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know if it's just in my head or what. I'm like, if you don't, if you don't get him to drop to his knees, he's like kind of a pain in the ass. Yeah, my and it's random. Is, it's not yeah. consistent. I don't know my, why. Yeah, my biggest thing with Cerberus is if I get the first two heads down, I feel like I can't time when he's going to just do the attack with the third head, like just the gnarling teeth. Like I can't. Uh, like, yeah. I can't. Like I, I try to get like a beat on it. I just every time I jump or I make myself vulnerable, I just immediately expose myself. It's just it's a fight that I just have never gotten good at, unfortunately. Um, but yeah. Uh, and did you do least favorite, Michael? Uh, I did sorry. not. Okay, sorry. But it would be um, it'd be mission four when you first start going up the spiraling tower because I just got really lost because apparently there was a uh, upstairs part that you have to go that's hidden like on like the back of the camera but you can't turn the camera so yeah so <laughs> some of that Resident Evil BS yeah. so I didn't know where to put the trident key thingy yeah. and yeah I was probably there for like an hour. <laughs> yeah i think i got lost there too it it seems really intimidating that like central room but there are only four oh, three doors i think there's a blue door a yellow door and a green door it seems like yeah. there's way more going on but there's it's, yeah one, but it definitely is like more complicated looking than it actually is and that that kind of that's why it was frustrating so i'm like yeah. i went through every door yeah and because Where the, camera am I not going? the camera angles like that that type of style with the uh like constantly changing camera angles really really doesn't work in like a circular giant staircase room like it works for like a really flat like um like cornered like mansion it works in resident evil because like everything's like square for a giant circular rising room that has like changing levels and stuff it's very easy to just get completely turned around or have a like path completely blocked out by the way you're looking and definitely not the best design choice for sure yeah um Sad. my my favorite moment i think is the i have so many i love i love everything uh i really like the nevin fight i i like i said i i gave me so much rage as a kid and i feel so happy that like i've i've figured it out now i've watched videos on how to do it <laughs> I, I say i figured it out <laughs> well yeah i uh I, I don't know there's something about and i think that just kind of encapsulates the whole feeling of the game that like really really challenging and like easily frustrating gameplay that you always have the tools to just like take a deep breath you have weapon you have like all these mechanics that you can lean back on once you figure it out you really can do cool looking and satisfying shit and the game rewards you when you really like nail it like that 
and I, I absolutely absolutely adore it. Um, so yeah, I think the Nevin fight just because that that's where that came full circle for me from something I just completely was incompetent and shit at to like this is probably now the boss fight I can do the most consistently. Um, I did um, enjoy Nevin's weapon oh, the yeah. most. I don't know if it's even an actually good weapon, but I I used that the rest of the game. I think it's widely regarded as probably the best like AOE of the devil arms. I think I think it's got like the best AOE, but it is definitely regarded I think as like the highest skill cap. Like it, it's definitely the highest learning curve to like actually get it to work the way you want it to. I um, did struggle with um I don't know what those those challenges are called, the weapon challenges. If you like the blue chip. Oh yeah, the the ones where you basically have to flow chart it. Yeah. I struggled with Nevin's where you had to get the triple S. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was probably doing that for like 10 minutes. Yeah, those 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 could be pretty hard. I think Nevin is regarded as like the strongest weapon, but like probably like one of the more situational ones too. And like definitely one that's hard to master. But you do get access to air raid, which I think is like one of the cheese tactics of the game. It's just like spam air raid as much as possible. Oh, be How flying lady. yeah ladies uh, ladies an annoyingly hard boss fight i feel like that's one i struggle with now i don't remember struggling with that one but i'm like i don't know what to do i figured it out pretty easy but she's like annoying because she'll let she, you can just hit her once and then she just goes no and you're like stop please and then by like when she's under 25 percent health every time she goes no she drops 45 grenades <laughs> But yeah, I got her in a loop where she was just trying to do get ready and I would just uh, stinger drive and then I would just keep complete doing that and she'd like shoot and then I'd shoot and just keep doing that. I really, oh, I, forgot to, I forgot to mention, I really like the chess piece enemies. I love them. I think they're really cool. I, I love the slow build. Do you realizing that they're like chess pieces and then the giant chess board fight at the end? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. That was like just built in. That's like a nice little satisfying moment in the game. I don't know if you guys realized that they were all chess pieces until you got to the chessboard. I I, I figured it out with the the horse. Yeah, I, I I don't know. For some reason, I just really really enjoyed that as a build, and I enjoy that fight too. It's it gets it starts out like really slow. The pawns are just moving at you, and then every all hell breaks loose by the end. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was a fun fight because yeah. it immediately made me think of Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Not Dante to E5. <laughs> Checkmate. Uh, so no, that's 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 a that's a really cool moment too. Um, as far as least favorite, I'm kind of I'm I'm with Alex. A lot of the like platforming and like puzzle stuff just kind of falls flat, unfortunately. I do think the actual moment that I get frustrated with the most, I, I really hate the spider enemies. And maybe that's just me being bad at the game. But I think Mission 15 is one where you have to fight like at least four sets of the little spiders and big spiders. And it's just, I I get frustrated by those guys. I don't know. I don't have too much of an issue with them, but I, I spent the whole game with Trickster, so... Uh, yeah, that, that's, they're, they're probably, that's probably my least favorite area. And it's like, I feel like that's kind of a part of the game where the game starts to get a little slower. I feel like that lull... Um, in after between. after Virgil two to Virgil three, it's like a bit of a yeah, slow. like thir thirteen to seventeen. I think seventeen it picks back up again because I really like Shadow Dante. I like that fight a lot. Um, I enjoy that one, but yeah, I think I think everything kind of in that lead up. I don't like the horse, the horse, horse and buggy fight. I think that one's not that fun. I didn't like it in Dark Souls. Didn't like it here either. Yeah, I think his hitbox is like one of the wonkier of the boss hitboxes too. So that always is upsetting. Sometimes you'll straight up air air attack him and he'll just politely say no. Yeah. But yeah, overall, again, I think this is probably one of, if not the best action games ever made. And I think it, I, I, I was, I, I feel like it really, really holds up. Like I said, we've talked about, 
you know, remakes versus remasters. And like, I feel like at a certain point, like Bioshock, I think you could make a better version of that game now. As great as it is, I definitely think you just improve the, like we've gotten better at game pl- gun, gun play. Even Bioshock 2 is better. And I, I really think you could make a case that the base mechanics of this game are still so fun to revisit and still so satisfying, you know, 15 years later. And I, I, I don't know. There's something about that to me that yeah. You know, make, yeah. This, I mean, this game, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think the, um, well, because the mechanics are so satisfying, you wouldn't even necessarily need like a remake yeah. for Devil May Cry Three. You would straight up just need a remaster where the game maybe ha- adds in those ultra HD textures and looks like Devil May Cry Five or something. And I mean, uh, what, what what greater testament to like how great it was at the time than that? You know, fifteen years later, we're like, oh, this is still great. Yeah. Like compared to like Prince of Persia or other things we played that kind of show their age a lot more than this game does um, in ways more than just graphics. But yeah, uh, I think you could clean up some of the enemies and some of the puzzles. Yeah, but, uh, I don't think it's completely necessary. But it def- like as a first time player, there's going to be a lot of getting lost, a lot of just like, okay, what am I doing? Yeah. Siren Tongue does what? There's a lot of that, but yeah, uh, Poe Buddy's nerfed. But yeah, it, I, like I yeah. said, it, it, would it be worth it to remake it? How much better could you make it? I think there's definitely no, because I, I think the story is just good enough. The cutscenes yeah. are still good. Like it would just be like bringing, and I mean, with the Switch version, they brought in style switching anyway, so. Oh, did they? Really? Yeah, the Switch version has uh, style switching. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I I feel like we can get into the ratings now. Uh, GG or BG, Michael? GG! Yeah, no, good game. Um, we said uh, the, the mechanics of it, it's, it's still relevant to this time. I feel like I could play, like I played Darksiders 3 recently, and they still do a lot of similar things yeah where i mean they have the parry feature with at least with row guard which basically makes that probably the best style in the game i would assume so i yeah. didn't play with the other styles highest but skill the cap. fact that you have options is awesome too yeah it's it's very challenging which is very important to me because yeah when games are too easy it's kind of a letdown it's like oh man I was excited about this game and I beat it in one hour. I mean, that wouldn't happen with this game. I feel like the cutscenes alone would take an hour. Yeah, yeah it's I like an hour and a half. Yeah, I think the cutscenes, the cutscene like video on YouTube, especially now with the special edition where there's all the extra Virgil scenes, I think it comes out to like at least an hour and fifteen minutes or something. Yeah, they they were long. <laughs> I remember thinking that I'm like sitting down, I'm like this cutscene's still going on. And then you'll like it'll be the end of the mission cutscene, and you'll get another cutscene for the start of the next mission that's also five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it's a good game. Not uh, as bad as Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts <laughs> is is one of those games. I don't know if you guys have played Kingdom Hearts recently, but there are cutscenes in the fucking Kingdom Hearts games where my screensaver will come on. Oh my Xbox, like the screen because I haven't pushed. <laughs> yeah, the those, there's some long ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, no. Sorry, Michael. What were you saying? Uh, I was gonna say uh, a will replay, will re, uh, because yeah. I feel like I didn't get the full experience in the time that I did play it. I kind of want to just play it as Virgil because he seems fun. Yeah, the Virgil playthrough is it's a it's a unique enough experience that it's totally worth it. It doesn't feel like it's like a cheap tack on either. Uh, it's got it is kind of funny that the special editions for three, four, and five have all just been like, well, now you can play as Virgil. <laughs> that's uh, the only difference. Okay, well, no, no, that's just that that's always been 
he's been consistently only available in the special editions for three over five. He's the looking for he's the looking for looking for free character, but touching's gonna cost you. So, I yeah, thought uh, the game with Virgil was gonna be completely different because that they have the Virgil cutscene, and I'm like, wait, am I doing this from like Virgil's perspective? And then I'm all of a sudden I'm in the bar. I'm like, oh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that they is they honey dick you. They do honey dick you. Uh, Alex, GG or BG? Yeah, I'll give it to GG. This game's pretty good. Uh, a lot of the my problems with it are just like some boss fights that aren't fun. But overall, like from start to finish, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, it's a overall pretty good game. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say it's also a GG. I would give it an S if that was allowed. I would give it a double S. Uh, not, not the Nazis. But just a triple S, if that was allowed. Um, but for now, I'll just give it a G and a G. Um, absolutely wonderful. Probably one of my favorite games of all time. I think third, if you held a gun to my head. This would probably be the third game I'd pick. I'm right behind uh, Devil May Cry 2. <laughs> uh, no. But no, I absolutely love this game. I'm so glad we got to do it. Uh, I, I, It's always fun to just revisit and i i feel like we could just we could talk about this game for so long like it's almost like we've already talked about it for like four hours all right thank you for joining us for that one always fun to talk about the great capcom games of history next monday we'll be doing a little short episode on what we're playing now or what we've been playing this week i should say and then for the following Monday, we will be doing Fable Anniversary. So join us for that. We look forward to hearing anything you have to say. Feel free to message us at goodgwpod at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments about upcoming or previously played games. I hope you're having a safe and wonderful week. Have a great rest of your day.